again. Uh, thanks for joining me on Generation 2300. Uh, it's Anna Morton again, of course. Today's topic will be a continuation of what are we looking for? This is part two. Um, and thanks for continuing with me on this topic. It's this time I'm going to be talking about what's going on in the world, generally, which looks like ticks on the last hour clock. Uh, so I want to start with a quick reminder, uh, an important reminder, um, that that's why I talk about these things, because from what I see and then what I read in the Bible, we really do seem so close to the end of the last hour, uh, which means that God's judgment is coming. It's come in the past, it's coming again, which means that we're running out of time to be saved by him if you don't know him. Or if you do know him, uh, we're running out of time to share the glorious truth of Christ with the world. I just don't want us to forget the reason and therefore the urgency of talking about the last hour and the fact that we can see it coming to an end. Um, now to get going on the topic, um, here's what I mean when I talk about the world. Um, anyone who has this, a spirit that is separated from God and has rejected reconciliation with him that he offers and is therefore not a part of the true church, which is everyone who has been reconciled to God through Christ alone. Um, that's just the nutshell definition. Um, so here's what the Bible has to say about the world in the last hour. Second uh, Peter 3, the scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This can also be seen in the churches. Second um, Thessalonians 2, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Lawlessness is already at work. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive or accept the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Second Timothy 3 tells us, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of pleasure, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And lastly, to sum it up, in Matthew 24, Christ says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So, I see a trend. Do you see a trend? Of course, history shows us that the world has always been like this in some degree, but it's the frequency and the intensity of our day that indicate 
we could be approaching the end of the last hour. Because it's not simply a trend that we now observe, it's acceleration. Remember I talked about that in my last post about the church. Um, and here the acceleration is of lawlessness. So what is lawlessness exactly? The translation from the New Testament Greek is uh, content and violation of law, iniquity, and wickedness. But which law? It's important. In a nutshell, in the Bible, it's the law, the righteousness of God. Um, expanded definition would be like the knowledge of God, knowing what He's like. That he is without evil. That He is the Creator of all things, and acknowledging God as the source of wisdom and as truth itself. Um, so that's the law, and the rejection of it, of God, is the lawlessness. Uh, Romans 1 gives us a very vivid picture of the trajectory of lawlessness. Um, and we can see this cycle occurring throughout history, where the zenith of the lawlessness reaches its peak just before the judgment of God is poured out. I think of the flood, um, Tower of Babel, and Sodom and Gomorrah, all in Genesis, um, or the captivity of Israel, that when they were taken to Babylon, like in 2 Kings. Um, Genesis 6 describes it this way. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This was just before the flood. And that's where lawlessness leads, to evil continually, and when God's, then God's judgment comes. So Romans 1 describes the trajectory of lawlessness this way. Um, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth, in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest to in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God it starts there nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So, um, do we see the world going in this direction? Suppressing the truth, not glorifying God as God, professing themselves to be wise, worshipping the creature rather than the Creator. Um, I would suggest, as we look at the spirit described in this passage, that spirit, and then look at the world spirit right now, where does the world seem like it wants to go? It's actually like striving to go. Because it definitely wants to go somewhere without God or his truth. Um, 
and it wants to go there in one spirit, which obviously is not God's spirit, but the spirit of lawlessness. That's what the acceleration is leading to, the oneness in lawlessness of the whole world. And um, we sure see that godless spirit promoted everywhere, don't we? I mean, I, living in California, I see the coexist bumper sticker all the time, which is made up of symbols from many different religions. And then what about the idea of open borders, the category of oneness? or agencies that have authority and jurisdiction over the whole world in order to deal with like world crises like COVID. There's that unity, that oneness again. What about the United Nations? There's one of those agencies. Isn't this what happened at the Tower of Babel? Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. That's in Genesis 11. Um, the trend is clear. Now and throughout history is that oneness with mankind at the center, apart from God. We think we have evolved so we don't need God anymore. Or we did never had him in the first place. Anyway. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of what's going on in the world, um, but if you take an objective look at the world today, especially in the, I'd say, the Western westernized world, because it's changed a lot over history, we can see this, this longing for peace and hope and love and, above all, unity. Like that's the most important thing among all people and all nations. I think we need that in order for things to be fixed. But it, of course instead it's been falling into chaos with wars, sickness, financial instability, hatred between people and groups, and unprecedented confusion. There's no unity of thought except for wanting to be lawless. Anyway. Um, now why does mankind want this peace and unity? Because it's a legitimate want. Well, number one, that's because um, it's the state in which God created the world, uh, specifically for man's unbroken relationship with himself. As like in John 17, he says that they may be one just as we are one. Um, that's how he meant it to be. But number two, Another reason men want unity now is because Satan, who's the prince of the world right now, he longs for it in order to thwart God's intention for humankind. He promotes a counterfeit to the unity that God intended based on men rather than God, which leads me to the third reason people want peace and unity is because lawlessness is at work. Um, it's raising, the dough is being raised, the bread of lawlessness, until it's ready, because it has to get to that point where it's ready and God withdraws his restraining power, and he, that allows Satan to complete his work, his rise, as the, uh, the world's desire 
for a godless society is realized. It does have to be realized. So why does the world still seem to be falling into confusion, hatred, and suffering instead of achieving this unity? Well, when whole societies strive for peace without God, the source of truth, I mean, what can you expect? But one day the world, time is not yet, but one day the world will achieve it will think it's achieved this unity apart from God through lawlessness. But it won't and can't last very long. Um, they'll think they have peace and unity, but really it's the kind of unity that cannot last. It's not based on truth. And this godless society um, realized is what we see in Revelation. Because, um, I mean, for all of history, Mankind has been trying to throw off the authority of God, like we talked about. And once the last hour strikes, God will remove himself as a restraining influence. Obviously, the Holy Spirit will still be here, but in a somewhat different capacity. Still saving souls and revealing truth, because they're the tribulation saints, but not restraining as he's been doing through the church. So, uh, mankind will finally get what it thinks it wants the unity around lawlessness, and this will be the result. What the world is going to look like when this lawlessness has reached its peak is ready to be put in the oven of God's judgment. So, um, the world, after plunging into chaos, comes together under one ruler, one economy, and one spirit that rejects the true God. Um, just before this happens, Matthew 24 describes it as for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And then a man will rise up and be allowed to rule the world, bringing what people think is peace and unity. Revelation 13 describes it as the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast, this one ruler, one man. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. All the world. Remember that. Um, another thing that, another way, what thing, indication of what the world will look like at that time will be that Israel will at some point be kicked out of her land again and nearly destroyed more than ever before. Zechariah 13 describes it as, And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left. I will bring the one-third through the fire. And then another aspect of this world to come this unified world, is the world ruler will prevail over Christians in a way that hasn't happened in history. We all of them. Um, Revelation 13, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. He can't overcome us now, but at that time God will allow him to overcome those who are saved. And then lastly, this world will look like 
unified world is there will be an inclusive religion without God that the whole world will be a part of. Revelation 13 describes this as well. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. Second Thessalonians, sum it all up, says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Second Thessalonians 2. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work has been for millennia. And when it's reached its capacity, then the lawless one will be revealed. And this is when Satan's influence will be unleashed as he rules the world through this lawless one, the beast of Revelation, also known to many as the Antichrist. Um, because this lawlessness now, which is accelerating, is the spirit of Satan, the Antichrist, and all who reject Christ. First John makes it clear what this lawlessness is. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So, what do we do with this information about the lawlessness that is accelerating? Well, there's a choice that we can make. Uh, because why would anyone want to be a part of that lawlessness? Of a world whose defining characteristic is a hatred of God. That's where we're going. Especially when it's so simple to avoid this world, this lawless world that's coming. In First John, like I, part of what I read before makes it very clear. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Those who acknowledge the Son believe in him. Because the lawless world, apart from God, will look like this. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe and tongue and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And Revelation, that was Revelation 13. In Revelation 18, he describes 
be what will happen to the spirit of Babylon everyone will be involved in at that time. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, the spirit of Babylon. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. Judgment is coming. That's the judgment of God. It's come in the past and it will come again. So believe in God now when that unified spirit is not deceiving everyone in the world practically. You can receive the life that he offers freely in Jesus Christ now and be saved from all that. I mean, looking at the world, can you not see that it's more lawless more without God than ever. This is a resounding tick on the last hour clock. Because remember, in 2 Peter 3, or quote it again, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, uh, I'm hoping soon to put together a post of how the spirit of lawlessness is preparing the world for the Antichrist, that beast of Revelation. Um, but until then, uh, if you want to follow me, get more updates, um, there's of course the website, which is gen2300.com, and then you can find me on Rumble for Generation 2300, or YouTube, if you prefer that, as under Anna Morton, or um, it's Generation 2300 on Telegram and MeWe and podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Um, so yeah, so thanks so much for joining me, and I pray that God will use you know my humble endeavors and illumine His truth for you, that from His Word I've tried to share. Um, so, until next time, or unless the rapture comes first. <laughs>